Golden Spiral Media presents Chester's Mill Gazette, an Under the Dome podcast. Hey, Domeheads, it's time. Doug and Karen are ready to deliver the latest issue of Chester's Mill Gazette and share their thoughts on this week's episode of Under the Dome. Are you ready? Here are your hosts, Doug and Karen. Welcome and thanks for reading this issue of the Chester's Mill Gazette. I'm meteorologist Doug Payton. And I'm internet connectivity contributor Karen Lindsay. We're hot off the presses with this issue for Season 2, Episode 3, Force Majeure. And in the masthead, we want to remind you that we are published by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com slash dome. You can catch up on all our back issues there. Uh, the writer of this episode was Adam Stein. The director was Peter Leto. And our guest... he's any relation to Jared Leto. I wouldn't know. Because mm, he's hot. I'll have to go to Ancestry.com to find out. <laughs> okay. And our guest star this week was Dwight Yoakam. Yes, you country music fans, that Dwight Yoakam. And he gave us a little crooning this week as well as Lyle Chumley. He did. I love that name, Chumley. Yeah, there was a little jailhouse rock happening. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, let's get right to the headlines here. And talk about some ratings. What do you got for us, Karen? Well, Under the Dome dropped in overall viewers, but it rose in the key demo. Yay! Yeah, it ranked as Monday's top individual show in both measures, which I don't know what that means. Um, and it moved back ahead of American Ninja Warrior. Oh, we're beating the ninjas. That's good. Yeah. Now, I love ninjas. You know this, Doug. Uh, who doesn't? See, that's what I'm saying. Ninjas are so much better than pirates, right? Um, but I'm okay with it beating American ninjas. Um, <laughs> they don't look so very stealthy to me when they're doing the stuff on the old uh, apparatus. They're not. Um, they wear bright colors. It's not right for ninjas. Um, so it moved back ahead of American Ninja Warriors among young viewers. Um, CBS changed the lead-in. Uh, it went with a rerun of Big Bang Theory instead of a rerun of Mike and Molly. Yeah, that's uh, that's got to be a good thing in terms of keeping people uh, along there. You know, you get the nerds watching Big Bang and then they move right into the sci-fi dome. Yeah, I, I think nerds are a better audience for Under the Dome uh, instead of Mike and Molly I get to who it appeals to, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I've watched both shows and I really do think the audience for Big Bang Theory is more in, in alignment with Under the Dome. Um, so that... That's really what boosted us, is what the people are saying, them, um, the the ominous them. Uh, so Under the Dome won the 10 p.m. hour with 7.5-ish million viewers, and it also finished first with a 1.9 rating among adults 18 to 49. Now, an almost 2 rating in the summer is pretty good for that demo. No, that's so, true. That's true. Now, 7.5-ish, is that the scientific uh, term for it? Well, it gave <laughs> 7.545. Yes, we give all our numbers out to three decimal places. This yeah. Is, it won the 10.000 p.m. hour. Right. See, that's so it's 
six, really. I mean, whatever. 7.5. I'm just going to say 7.5. Lots of you people were watching it, and that's great. And that uh, fares well for the rest of the season and hopefully for another one. I wonder how long they can stretch out this dome. I don't know. I don't think the dome stretches, actually. No, I don't think so either. I think it's very static. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) let's get to the discussion. What's on the front page? And our top-of-the-fold headline, Rebecca rejects rude religious rain rights. That's a mouthful. I spent a while figuring that one out. (laughs) I gave this episode eight Wi-Fi signal bars. I liked the... We moved along some more uh, mysteries. We didn't deal so much with uh, the last week's uh, murder mystery stuff. We didn't deal with uh, too much of that. We did a little bit. But a lot of it was... More characters. We added, you know, Lyle Chumley. We added some more uh, twists with the Wi-Fi coming into the school there for a little bit. So, and I, you know, I, and that, and that itself added a, a lot of uh, disruption to our our cast. We had Joe worried about what do I say to my parents. We had uh, Junior seeing his mom, and we'll get to that. But I liked the things that were going on in this one. So uh, what was going on in the school more so than what was going on with uh, Lyle and uh, Rebecca. But anyway, that was, uh, that's my idea. What do you have? Well, I liked it for the same reasons you did, but it also irritated me quite a bit. And again, we'll get into that with our discussion. So I'm going to go a little lower and I give it seven ominous straight razors. Well, and if you don't use the straight razor, right, it will uh, kind of annoy you. Right. It'll leave a rash. And we'll talk about that, too. <laughs> leaving rashes. Okay. Well, no, not leaving rashes, but <laughs> using a razor. Okay. Yes, yeah, indeed. Okay. So this episode's title was Force Majeure, and I didn't actually look it up before, uh, and I didn't really notice it until they mentioned it in the episode, what it really uh, refers to. Now, Force Majeure means superior force, but it's kind of a legal term. It's a, a common clause in contracts that basically frees up both parties from any liability or obligation. And I'm getting this from the fount of all knowledge, all true knowledge, Wikipedia. Wikipedia? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It frees them from any obligation when an extraordinary extraordinary set of circumstances or event beyond the control of the two parties, like war or riots or things like that, or crime... Or, or a dome. Or a dome. Yes, there you are. Or an event <laughs> described by the legal term act of God, like hurricane, flood, earthquake, volcanic mm-hmm. eruption, acid rain. Uh, if something like that prevents one or both parties from fulfilling their obligations under the contract. Now, typically, most force majeure clauses don't excuse you completely from the contract just for the duration of the event. Okay. So we've got the uh, the rain stopping. Now, we heard the term mentioned by Lyle to, I'm saying Sam, it was Sam, correct? Sam, yeah. Because they were keeping this, uh, they had this little agreement about keeping something secret, and with the dome, Lyle says, well, this sounds like a force majeure to me, you know, we may have to uh, suspend that little agreement between us. And it sounded like, also uh, near the end, that he's uh, ready to come clean to Junior, but Mm -hmm. that's at the end. Let's start from the very beginning, a very good place to start. (laughs) Uh, the lady. Okay, Julie. Thank you. (laughs) The lady of the lake, the, what do do you call her? Egg girl. Egg girl. She recognizes Barbie. Now, and 
th- this was interesting because she's call she calls uh calls him out as being from Zenith. Mm-hmm. Which of so course, that's a town, apparently. Yes, and it slaps you in the face with the uh, the reference to a couple of episodes ago when uh, Junior saw his his mom in a vision, but also first a snow globe with the word Zenith on it, and then the red water coming out of the globe. That's true. A little uh, wait a minute, foreshadowing. Now. I didn't even think about that. That's right, and therefore he's seeing some sort of vision of the future. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something he got from his mom, who saw the future and painted it. Yep. Oh man, I—I I mean, right now, I just—it it just the eyes opened up, and there you are. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> you didn't get that. I didn't. No, oh. it, it, it didn't. It, it, just now, it it uh, hit me. Wow. Now it's different, obviously. Although he's unleashing it in the in the vision. I I don't think he unleashed it on the town, but it's coming out of the dome when he has it in the um, out of the snow globe there snow yeah. globe, um, but it's you know rainy down from the dome. But you know it's it's a vision nonetheless. And if you you have to um, kind of trans translate it, and that's not the word I'm looking for, but you have to you know kind of figure out what it really means, uh, you know. So that may be something that she had to do too as well. And maybe sure. she was painting these things. That's what she saw and was going to leave the uh, interpretation for it uh, for later until she could you know kind of get it all figured out. But uh, yeah, okay, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a little bit of a superhero. Uh, uh, thing passed down from mother to son interesting right at the very least it was falling you know raining yes this blood red liquid interesting okay and uh poor barbie and julia are really having some uh some issues here he's he's bringing home some strays uh oh no is she what i forget who said that she's bringing home strays and stuff like that and she says well you know i brought you home too buddy yeah and he calls it our house uh-huh. Hey, I killed your husband, and now it's our house. <laughs> it's it, it's I killed your husband, and we're getting a little uh, you know uh, a close here too. And on top of that, you know, now I'm half owner. <laughs> yeah, what is? <sighs> okay, whatever. <laughs> it's only been two weeks. Two weeks. Yes, he reminded us. That's right. Nitpick, nitpick, nitpick. <laughs> <laughs> Big Jim wants to do a little citizen registration, but it uh, it sounds like there's a little more to uh, what's going on uh, to, behind his reasons for doing that. Uh, and I think I wasn't sure if he got the idea from Rebecca or uh, Rebecca gave the idea to him. And, you know, you've got just the right questions to figure out who's got problems, who doesn't, who's uh, weaker, who's stronger and trying to decide if it comes to it. Who do we... Uh, who do we stick with? Who do we uh, f- send the food to and the resources to? And who do we not? Now, through this whole episode, I kept getting the Hitler vibe. Hmm. Number one, they registered everyone. And number two, she wanted to cull the herd. Getting rid of the weaker yeah, portion And of keeping the, the master race of them. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. The ones that, you know, survived. 
So it's a very survival of the fittest thing too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I'm, I didn't like that at all. I don't like that visual. Well, later on too, we have, uh, Barbie kind of Barbie and Julie are listening to uh, Big Jim and Rebecca talk about this. You know, they're all kind of by themselves in the diner. And Julie is ready to dismiss that whole idea out of hand that we're going to have to, you know, only allow certain people to live or only allow certain people to have resources and kind of, you know, let the others uh, fend for themselves. Well, duh. And, I uh, mean, <laughs> and but but Barbie, not so much. Yeah. He is a little more practical, but on the other hand, what, you know, he's, God, I, this is, it's horrible. I keep saying they're under a dome, so all bets are off. I get that. Mm -hmm. But you're also human. Um, and, and Barbie was talking to Julia earlier in the episode about how uh, this sort of pressure cooker situation brings out you know, well, it brings out sometimes the worst, sometimes the best, depending on, uh, on how you really are. And right. so we have a, uh, uh, that was kind of a foreshadowing in the beginning of how he's going to dis discuss this with uh, Julia and Big Jim and Rebecca at the end. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to a little bit about our friend Barbie here. And now the Barbie of the week. We have contingency Barbie. He comes with a sinking lifeboat and a moral dilemma. With his human nature accessory, dress him up in clothes in his true colors. This has been the Barbie of the week. So there you go. He has. Yeah. Uh, he's the one that's kind of cementing what this uh, moral dilemma is. I know. I felt bad because I, I don't like this Barbie so much. Hmm. Uh, well, I didn't like the fact that he's very presumptuous at the beginning. That that got on my nerves. It's not his house. Right? He's yeah. a guest yeah. in his he's, house. He, he, yeah, it is a bit of a presumption. I guess he's just getting used to it all. I guess. Like a guy. Well, yeah, but... Yeah. It's not our house, Barbie. Um, it's not in the middle of our street. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and also... Be, that would be madness. <laughs> I see what you did there. And I know he's playing devil's advocate, but I think he's he should be more sympathetic. He he's he's being overly practical. I was going to say is he being too practical in this in this case he's just trying to keep all his options open. It seems like Rebecca is not so much keeping her options open as I want to do that. We're going to yeah, need to do that. She's jumping right on it. Yeah, and he and, and Barbie's kind of saying, well, if we need to, let's keep that option open, but wait until we need to. Right. And, and Julie and is at the Julia's other end. Yeah, completely against it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'd be in Julia's camp, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I would do anything to endanger anyone's life. I think I would try to find a way to keep as many people alive as I could. But, you know, you're always courting danger. There's going to be that Lord of the Flies thing going on um, because you're, you know, you're stuck in that pressure cooker thing. Mm -hmm. So, hmm. Well, during all this uh, form filling out, 
we hear the rain start to fall, which we haven't seen since, uh, well, since last season. We weren't sure if it could actually rain inside the dome, but it did at the time. And now uh, it's it's raining and then it turns to all blood red. And uh, when somebody sticks their hand out to feel it, uh, it's not so, uh, well, I was going to say it's not so hot, but it's a little too hot, actually. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Little red rain. Sorry, Prince, it wasn't purple. <laughs> purple rain. We're just all full of songs. Yes. This week. Um, yeah, they've been driving their cars around and just, you know, flushing toilets. <laughs> I mean, they're not or, or really, something. Yes. They're not really worried about the their environment. Well, and it's interesting. The teacher was. Uh, trying to explain it about, about you know, we've had these, you know, cars going and fires and whatnot. And, um, but, 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 you know, she's part of that, you know, she, yeah. she you know, that, that kind of thing. It was, it was kind of, eh, yeah, okay, you've got a point, but what have you been doing about it? Right. I mean, the first thing we saw was her defending her truck. So mm-hmm. it's not like she hasn't been driving her truck around. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is kind of, I'm guessing, a little poke at us about saving the environment. And what it could lead to? I guess. And uh, Lyle had said, was it Lyle who said something about the 10 plagues uh, yes. of Egypt? And yes. uh, acid rain not necessarily being one, one of them, but uh, the, the water being turned to blood certainly was. Yes. And uh, and so it brings up this whole uh, science versus faith. Uh, it, it, it's, it's often as set up as a dichotomy. Um, so you have, you know, the, the pure scientist versus pure faith. And it isn't always that uh, cut and dried. But uh, we had I, I thought we had some folks trying to play both sides of the fence in this particular episode. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I think uh, I think Rebecca, while she's ta- she's. At one point, she ridicules people for, you know, uh, conferring a will upon the dome, like it's got mm-hmm. you know, a thing it wants to do. Later on, she, you know, refers to such a thing. Well, the dome, you know, wants you to be the leader, that sort of thing. Right. Um, so, so she, I think she's kind of playing either playing both sides or telling people just, just what they want to hear. Playing. Right. Um, Rebecca is... Hard to read. I really do think that she's got some sort of ulterior motive happening. Um, First of all, it's creepy that Big Jim and Rebecca are attracted to each other. And I know we alluded to this before. But it's very obvious now. Yeah, they actually both came out and said it. And (laughs) I... I'm having a hard time picturing that. Um, I mean, I like I like him. I like Dean Norris a lot. I I liked him and Rose together. I thought they made a really striking couple. But this Rebecca person, I think, honestly, she seems more ominous to me than Big Jim. Just because she is more erratic. And she is definitely uh, there to back up Big Jim. I mean, she's made that her her job, and I'm wondering if that's the kind of thing that uh, is attractive to Big Jim, people who who like sure. him. Yes. Blindly follow. Mm-hmm. 
him. And if he's setting himself up to be the cult leader, then she is setting herself up to be a fanatic, at least from what we have seen so far. Um, and she might actually want more than that. Uh, and, you know, you said faith versus science. And I agree on the faith end of that, that Lyle is definitely pure faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the other end. She She's trying to, Rebecca's trying to be pure science. And not so much. But she's not. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, Lyle definitely is in the pure uh, faith side of things and not even getting information from the dome like we've seen, you know, the people seeing apparitions, but he's just going based on pure emotion, pure feeling. Yeah, exactly. He, he, he is just taking the dome completely out of the equation. Um, the dome is just part of what God has done to them. Right. Isn't that mm-hmm. kind of what he's saying? Yeah. That, that yeah. is, He's that testing is the them. way this is, yeah. Um, so it's not the dome is causing this. It's the dome was put there in order to test them. Now, again, where does he get this information from? Is this, this is all just... Oh, well, that's uh, just him. His hunches, his, yeah, yeah. his personality coming out. That's, uh, so that's, a, uh, that's quite a flimsy little uh, hanger to hang on your, uh, all your actions on, especially, you know, picking somebody out of... Um, room full of people who, you know, don't necessarily believe his uh, his thoughts about the Dome. And he takes Rebecca as one of them for some reason and decides that, well, that she's the one that's got to get baptized with acid rain. I think he chooses her because Big Jim gives the name. And if he can get back at Big Jim by taking the person he likes, he's going to do it. Uh. Okay, so this because is because Big is, Jim took his girlfriend all those years ago. This is not just religious; it's personal. Sure, why not? Yep, yep. And hello, in the beginning of the episode, he goes. Big Jim goes to Lyle to get a shave. Okay, he's bald. <laughs> why would you go to a barber to get shaved? And I get it. And my husband has gotten shaved at a barber. And, you know, it's really, really close shave. You don't have to shave a long time, right? Okay, so that's great. I get that. But why would you go to the guy you stole your girlfriend from? I mean, you know, there was a a tug of war over a girl with this guy. Uh, And you say you've worked it out, but apparently not so much. You go to him to get a shave with a straight razor like regularly okay no (laughs) and he shaved him the wrong way he shaves him with the grain rather than against it yeah and that is that it there's a tv thing maybe i I don't know they really highlighted it i've seen i've seen shaves with a straight razor on tv before and they go the correct way you know, right? Exactly. Up, so know, that makes I... me wonder if that was some sort of a clue for us, hmm. um, some sort of foreshadowing, um, like Lyle is going against the grain. But you know, why did Big Jim just sort of let him go against the grain? Well, actually, he's oh. going with the grain. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Against it, yeah, but going the wrong direction. That's true. Right. But maybe, but maybe, maybe that's something. Maybe Lyle's the kind of guy who's just. Goes along, goes with the grain, goes along to get along, and then 
snaps. Because, like you said, how long has Big Jim been going to Lyle for a shave? I'm uh, assuming if, it's been all this time. Yeah, I mean, uh, the mom, quote unquote, died nine years ago. Who knows how long they were married before that. And right. just now, Lyle is, you know, being upset about, uh, or maybe not being upset, but at least bringing up the fact that uh, Big Jim uh, stole Pauline from him and uh, and getting, you know, having some uh, some feelings about that. Now, this could be said again, pressure cooker, you know, when the dome, sure. when there's no dome, if you try to kill somebody, there's going to be cops around pretty quickly. Now, right. who's the cops, you know, Junior and, right. and, the, D and the DJ, you know? Right. So maybe he sees this as his opportunity. Yeah, it could be. To do something about it. Although, I don't know that I'd go after Big Jim. The one guy that everyone is looking at under the dome. Not directly, yeah. Yeah, so... But, you know, this could be the thing that is making him snap. And again, and I say, I think I've said this every week so far, but could it be the dome doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, could the dome be causing his mood swings or whatever? So, I mean, is that their crutch? Are we that back to that? Is, yeah, that, that yeah. could be. Now, it's interesting when they do find him. Uh, they, you know, they get back to the cement factory. They they catch him. You know, getting ready to, you know, baptize Rebecca with the acid rain. Julia, uh, is it kind of comes across as the person with faith, and but she has faith in the dome or whoever spoke to her through the dome. And she has faith that the answers are going to be revealed. Mm -hmm. I certainly hope she's right. <laughs> I hate to go all this yeah. time and not have the answers, you know, you yeah. know, left so much hanging, but that's good to hear. I'm hoping that that was kind of a writer's um, line. Put, they put that in there just to let the fans know, just, just, just give us time. We'll, we'll, we'll get yeah, to I it. Hope we'll so, make too. It. so, yeah, but, but Rebecca, it was interesting at that moment when, when they finally have, uh, Lyle kind of uh, placated. She still tries to, you know, break out and get in and knock the acid on him and stuff like that. And she didn't have to. Um, yeah. I'm wondering if part of that was just uh, she was just, you know, upset at what had been done to her, which is certainly understandable. But or uh, was she trying to, you know, avert the fact that maybe he would try to hurt Big Jim down the line? Yeah, I was. It maybe as a as a, a potential um, uh, somebody to go against. Uh, Big Jim, somebody mm -hmm. who's going to, uh, who's going to, you know, deal with his power is going to try to try to try to reduce that. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, some sort of uh, some sort of a protection. She well, says protection. She, yeah, she knows from what he was saying to her that he's got some sort of a grudge against Big Jim. So, you know, it could be her fanatical devotion to Big Jim yeah. showing. You know, you talked about my boyfriend. You know. <laughs> So it now, could be the the thing that they did that she, I guess this was her idea to neutralize the acid you know, to stop the acid rain was to I guess they were throwing some, you know, neutralizer in the lake. Yeah. And I didn't quite understand how all of a sudden doing that stopped the rain immediately or, you know, within it just seemed like within a minute or so. And uh, that, you know, okay, the lake may be polluted, but the issue was, you know, what's in the air. Um, right. And, and, and It was you know, already the in the air. Yeah. Well, and, and coming up from the lake, you know, possibly, you know, being uh, evaporated out of the lake and then coming down as rain. That, that just seemed to be a very quick fix to a, you know, rather difficult problem. Mm-hmm. But, 
Anyway, yeah, hello. Did Magic. that? Yeah, did that uh, strike you as? I, of for, for a second, I wasn't exactly sure what they were doing because they really didn't explain um, explain it completely. But yeah, um, it should have been an alkaline, I'm assuming. Yeah, because mm-hmm. alkaline and acid counterbalance acid each other. The base, yeah, yeah. But the the stuff had already evaporated into the air, so whatever they did to the lake would have prevented further. further. Stuff, but the stuff that was already in the atmosphere would have still precipitated. Um, so whatever, uh, hand wave, hand wave. <laughs> uh, that's you know, and then of course they all go, Oh, the rain has stopped, yay! Uh, okay, yeah, I guess so. that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> well, and, and that's the answer to Lyle's uh, musical question in the uh, cell who'll stop the rain? Again, music. Yeah, we had to get a we had to get a a singer in there to do that. That was that's mm-hmm. good. That's you know a lot. And and Joy Yoakum has done some acting in the past as well. Mm-hmm. So that uh, he he fit in just nicely here. I liked uh, I, I liked you know the, the the additional characters. People saying, hey, you know, we got all these new characters showing. Where were they before? Well, we just Big Jim never just got a shave before. So there you go. Right. Uh, so nice to bring in uh, uh, Lyle here. But yeah, he is visited by Sam first, and this is where we start talking about you know they're trying to use uh, force majeure to get out of the contract, or at least Lyle seems to want to. I don't know if Sam wanted to. Yeah, uh, I, as far as we know, we don't. We I didn't get a vibe either way on him. Did you? I mean, he he seemed kind of hesitant. Yeah, yeah. the The idea that and I think we're pretty sure that the 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 secret that they're keeping is probably regarding Pauline. Yeah, I'm assuming that as well. So it it looks to me like they know she's alive. Is that is that what it looks like to you? Or that's the impression I got. And, and well, it's either that or that they killed her, or they thought they killed her. Right. I think that. Um, I think at least that that Lyle knows that Pauline is still alive because of what we see in the video, which we'll get to a little later. Right. Uh, but I th- so I think that he knows that, and I think, given that, I think that's the secret that both uh, Sam and Lyle yeah. have agreed to kind of keep uh, keep quiet from Big Jim. Yeah. And and then Junior shows up after having uh, viewed the video and saying, you know, he wants the information that Lyle has, and Lyle is more than willing to give it. Mm-hmm. As long as he can get out of jail. Right. Now, I think that's cruel that the brother of Junior's mother keeps the fact that his mother is alive from him. Yeah, we'd have to see what the uh, the circumstances were. What the circumstances were. Yeah. are. Yeah, that's, it's that really is, cruel. That is something that uh, they'll definitely have to deal with. If they want us to like that character yeah because otherwise that that's very unlikable yeah well we're talking about uh junior here so let's go back to the b story where we have free wi-fi at the school and uh joe and sam are going over some clues there uh they talked about uh Pauline having blackouts. I guess they weren't at the school at the time. They were at uh, Sam's cabin. Pauline was having blackouts, what he called fugue states. Mm-hmm. And when she did that, she would get her memory back by going back to where she had been before 
you know, the last place she remembered. Right. So, uh, so Joe, uh, goes back to the, I'm sorry. So Junior goes back to the scene of the crime, trying to figure out, uh, you know, trying to remember things as he gets there. And at the same time, we have Joe and Nori going into the school to, I guess they were going to work on a science project that the, uh, that the teacher that, that Rebecca had come up with about generating electricity via a windmill. Yeah. I guess so. They don't think and, I actually didn't. Do and that. egg girl, and the egg, egg girl. Oh, egg girl there volunteered. we are. Yeah. And thus beginneth the love triangle. Yeah. Yeah. Nora was none too pleased. No, I mean that. I mean, so she's got. They're they're apparently a couple, or at least they think they are. Well, yeah they they smooched. Yes. When the bomb went off. But Joe week. doesn't seem to see have any problem with uh, you know. Uh, Lady of the Lake, uh, getting a little close to his face there, you know. And well, I don't think he has any designs on her. He and I don't seems... think she has any designs on him either. No, I don't think so either. I just think he's totally oblivious to the fact that Nori would be jealous. And that's in character with Joe. Yes, he's oblivious. <laughs> it's it's in character with all guys that age, isn't it? <laughs> just clueless. Not really understanding what's going on just now. Exactly. They do get some uh, get some email. Suddenly, Wi-Fi shows up. <sighs> okay, here is what I'm irritated with. <laughs> they, well, first of all, I, I I noticed some really serious Microsoft Surface tablet no product placement. Yeah. No. Did you notice that? No. Yes, <laughs> I did. And also a lot of Twitter mentions. Yes. So. Yeah, lots of product placement there. If you can find some screenshots, I don't, I don't have them right with me, but it was very interesting. The some of the things you see on the screen uh, that had some screen caps, uh, some Twitter. Uh, there was allegedly Nori's Twitter account, and you know, people she followed the tweets there, and also the uh, email subject lines from mm-hmm. uh, from the email. Those are very were very interesting to read. I may try to grab them and. St- Stick them in the uh, show notes here so you can take a look at that. Cool. But those were those were uh, very interesting. Cool. Yeah, it was uh, glaring. Microsoft. <laughs> Microsoft, Microsoft, Microsoft. Um, that was one of my first notes in that scene was, wow, um, you think Microsoft might be paying to be in the scene? <laughs> they better be. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, lots of Twitter mentions. Um, Nori, in fact, had a line... Uh, Oh, we're blowing up the Twitterverse, which is totally uncool for her to say. Uh, and I was thinking, well, maybe she's like a hipster and she's being ironic, saying something uncool <laughs> in order to, yeah. So, but yeah, there was a lot of product placement, and I thought, oh wow, uh, yeah. Where was his Wi-Fi coming from? I, I the locker. Since no. later on when they, yeah, I'm guessing. Well, one of the uh, uh, the emails mentions a website called houndsofdiana.com. Mm-hmm. So I went there and they have uh, an interesting little logo there. You click on something and you get to see, they have a, a couple of videos there. Number one was Pauline's message to, uh, to James, in case you want to uh, go back and see that again. And they also yeah. had a... And you don't need to put in the password. No, you don't. Even though Junior did. Well, they've upgraded the website since then. Oh, okay. Okay. Everybody's seen it now, you know. 
And then they had a video uh, with Joe and Nori doing a little experiment, explaining a little, it's like a video log, a vlog, video blog, of uh, something that they were trying to do and get, to get rid of the dome's uh, magnetism last week. And they show how, you know, we turn on the, uh, they do a little magnetic experiment with a nail and a wire wrapped around it in a battery. Okay. Grab some, uh, uh, grab some paper clips. And then when you let go of the uh, battery and the, 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 current stops why the paper clips fall off and that's what they were trying to do with the 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 the, the big mag or the big uh uh the, the fire tower that they magnetized right. last time that never worked yeah so eh, who knows <laughs> so very radio shack of them yes very nice <laughs> yep Joe gets a, uh, uh, an email from his dad and reads it out loud and I think that is I think the uh the acting there was was really good. I and agree. It was a fantastic uh, moral, not so much moral dilemma. Well, yes, kind of. Do kind I of. tell them that my sister's dead already? Sure. Um, or do I just let them, you know, be fine until you know? Because if you knew your your daughter's dead behind the stone, you can't get into. Then you're just right. You know, you're just uh, uh, distraught. You can do. Yeah, nothing you can do. Yeah. You're distraught for all this time and. So I think he did the right thing. My my guess was it sounded like he didn't uh, reply or anything like no, that. No, he, he didn't. didn't have time. Right now, it was very angsty, which is normal for a boy his age to be angsty over something like that. And he just lost his sister. What was it? The night before? Yeah. And I get it. I mean, what if they? What if none of them survive? So then they would. You know, they'd know anyway at some point that nobody survived and, you know, they wouldn't have to find out from him and, you know, it would all be a wash. So, you know, why should he tell him? But here's the deal. He's wavering over whether to tell his parents. And okay, I get that. He's upset about it right now. But the first thing you should do when you get Wi-Fi is not check your email or your Twitter. The first thing you should do is reach out to someone and tell them what's going on under the dome. Get that Skype running. Right. Who cares about email? Email is the last thing you should be <laughs> worried about. You need to get a connection to the outside world right away. And, you know... This is my big nitpick with this episode is the the kids should be smart enough to know. I mean, Nori, at the very least, should be like, I need to get a connection to the outside world. This is the tech savvy crowd. Right. Uh, we need to open up some sort of a connection to the, they had phones. You know, call. Ah. <laughs> right. Um. You know, the the cell phones work on the same sort of thing, right? I mean... Pretty much. Uh, so that was my whole thing is at the very least, you can open up Skype or something. Um, it, get a message out. Try and open up some line of communication, even if it's just for a minute. You don't know how long it's going to last. And that came true. It only lasted a little while. And then their connection was shut down and they lost that opportunity. 
by wavering and they never talked to anyone on the outside. So it really bugged me. A missed opportunity. Yeah. So no one from the outside world got any news from them. But uh, they did get some news in. Sure. We had, uh, had that video from uh, from Pauline. Now, it's interesting. She's talking about how Lyle is the guy to talk to, not yeah, Jim. Yeah, but that, that doesn't help. <laughs> that doesn't help anything. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this is why I'm so frustrated about this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry, Doug. That's okay. That's okay. We got, we got, Lyle now is useful. Well, really? <laughs> well, he's got information. We'll put it that way. Okay. He's got so, all the answers. Again, I guess this is all pointing to the fact that Lyle and Sam know that Pauline's alive. And uh, we have, uh, the, which, yeah, which leads to our little thing at the in the jail at the end there. So the crowd head down to the same locker that Angie was killed in front of. And um, they, you know, the, the Lady of the Lake here just you know, happens to know the the combination, I believe it was 8171. I don't know if that's going to mean anything at all. But yeah, uh, so anyway, she uh, uh, she knows the, the locker combination. They open it up. The signal stops. Mm-hmm. So it's like, nah, you know, I guess the the door was keeping the uh, Wi-Fi signal, you know, made the connection there. I don't know. So do you think Angie actually saw like a portal to outside of the dome? Well, yeah, there had to be something there because, number one, she stared at it mm-hmm. for a while there. And uh, if you if you believe this, I mean, if she was killed over what she saw, then it was worth, you know, uh, worth something. It was something that, uh, that was worth, worth, well, somebody thought it was worth killing over anyway. So if it was a portal to the outside of the dome, then her killer may have gone through it. Ah, but but see, that also it would also explain that's where the Wi-Fi was coming from. Right. Yeah. And so when Melanie uh, opened it up, it stopped the portal. Hmm. And that it stopped the signal. And it's then they find out uh, that she knew the combination because it used to be her locker. They look up some names and find out that she's Melanie Cross, who died in 1988. Or at least was... Or at least was around in 88. That age in 1988. Yeah. And it happens to be the same year as the picture we saw earlier in the episode with Sam and Pauline and mm-hmm. Lyle. So 1988 yep. seems to be a very critical year for our crowd in the, in the dome here. And something something may have... And, and if you think 88, um, I was also thinking how long has Pauline been having these visions? Right, and that it's it, it's been kind of nebulous, but that could be you know about the time that happened. Yeah, I think it, you know, twenty years from that would be you know two thousand eight. So well, she'd be in her forties. Yeah, and so that sort of thing, um, you know, painting you know, all these paintings and these sketches. Uh, the sketch of uh, the girl was was done twenty years ago. He said mm-hmm. so. Um, Maybe she disappeared under suspicious circumstances, and and uh, uh, Pauline had sketched that because of that. I don't know, but that's yeah. that seems to be where they're trying to point to that as some special time. Yeah, when weird things must have happened. So, 
uh, Pauline could have actually been sketching someone she knew instead of a uh, prediction. Yeah, something something she knew, somebody uh, from from a recent picture, that sort of thing, or yeah, you know, from recent memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Alrighty. Well, this week we have no obituaries. Nothing. Nobody died this week, except maybe some crops. But I'm not going to play taps for them. <laughs> no. So we're just gonna we're just gonna have to slip over to uh, the editorial section here. And I want to, I have a little uh, little uh, editorial. This is, uh, here's our opinion. We welcome yours. Uh, now, I agree that in this, you know, hypothetical situation of being trapped in a dome, some religious folks might, you know, go off the deep end. They've uh, p- portrayed this really well, really creepily. They've done a good job with it. Reverend Coggins, Lyle Chumley. But I have a feeling that of the total... Hypothetical churchgoers in a hypothetical town under a hypothetical dome, <laughs> the percentage of them going the full Armageddon would be something south of 100%. Now, I understand that King believes in a god of some sort, more of an intelligent design kind of guy, but he doesn't give God too much of a thought beyond that. That's fair enough. And, of course, there's the dramatic element that the crazies bring to a story. This is, after all, a, a narrative that's trying to bring you back week after week after week, and and watch the commercials. Still, this particular religious guy would like to see, I don't know, some sane, level-headed churchgoer that is neither trying to be God's personal wrath, uh, nor taken in by a used car salesman delivering a eulogy. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Um, (laughs) I agree with you. Um, And I'm not particularly religious, I just I think it's not right to uh, pigeonhole religion that way. I think there should be some people that perhaps protest to them using this as a a scapegoat for their religious beliefs. Um, maybe some people that were um, parishioners saying, hey, you know, this this isn't a sign of the apocalypse. You know, they, they wouldn't have preached this in our church. You know, just something like that to and show it can, that... it can set up kind of a, uh, a, a nice dramatic confrontation there as well. Sure. Um, you know, just something to show that not everybody in the town was uh, a blind follower of whatever religion was set up to be this super crazy thing i mean i know reverend coggins was the main guy in town and he turned out to be you know a zealot and weird and you know but when we see the churchgoers they mostly follow big jim and um big jim is is not a religious figure now he's setting himself up to be the savior of the dome, kind of the archetype I'd, of uh, with of a religious figure there, yeah, right. But I don't think that's going to be like a zealot sort of thing. I think that's just going to be a following blindly um, sort of thing. It's not going to be a religion so, per se, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I oh, mean, it's not going, yeah. Um, like Lyle is clearly translating this to the plagues in the mm-hmm. Bible. He is adapting the Bible to what is happening under the dome. And uh, that bothers me. Now, I tell you what 
uh, a TV show that I have seen that does this uh, well was Resurrection. Did you watch that? Yes. Uh, I actually, I read the book as well. Um, and they did a great job with the the pastor having uh, being part of that uh, uh, that storyline, being you know intimately involved because he had uh, somebody came back um, his boyhood was, friend, yeah, his his uh, uh, childhood uh, girlfriend there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it, so it can be done. It can be done well. And and I understand not every every uh, TV show has to handle it all the same way. Right, um, I agree. But in this case, it's it's a little overboard this season. Last season, I think they did a good job, but. Kind of balanced, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Lyle is Lyle in this episode was a little off balance, I thought. And we'll get more of him next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, uh, we're gonna go into our r- predictions section here. We have a, a few little. This is gonna be also kind of the uh, trope of the week uh, discussion here because it's a uh, it's a prediction about one of our characters that may fit. One or two uh, TV tropes. Go ahead and uh, tell us about those, Karen. Sure. Um, well, Egg Girl, Lady of the Lake, or as we might find out, she actually is Melanie. Um, I I noticed something about her, especially since she might be Melanie. Um, now, it seemed a little timey-wimey to me. Uh, and there, she could fit in a couple tropes. So there, there's some things that I think might be foreshadowing that fit into this trope thing. Um, I'm under the dome is all tropey. Okay. So, I mean, I could go wild with this trope thing, (laughs) but I'm just going to talk about Melanie. First of all, there's the amnesia danger trope. And this is where, um, someone has lost their memory, but they're there to solve the conflict. Now, it's pretty apparent that she has something, you know, some way to fix what's going on. At least part of it, because, you know, she was drawn to where Angie was killed. She had the combination to the locker where Angie was killed. Um you know, she was drawn out of the lake when the egg was dropped in. There's all these little signs that say she is some sort of a key to what's happening under the dome. But she has amnesia. She doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know what she's doing there. Um, she definitely had no idea who she was. Um, she that- has a little bit of information. She still remembers her locker combination. and She seems to know who uh, Dale Barbie is. Well, yeah, um, but I think that was more muscle memory. Ah, the the locker. Yeah, and, uh, that could be. Yeah, I, I yeah, once you once you've done it enough times, you don't have to think about it. Right, and you know, turning a a locker sometimes that you you don't really look at the numbers so much. So muscle memory would definitely fit. Now Barbie, I can't explain. That might have just been facial recognition, um, but that also may have been. Um, one of the things she needs to know in order to solve this. So whatever, if that's the dome helping her, I mean, I don't know. So there's amnesia danger. And then the second thing would be uh, she could be a Peggy Sue. And that's the time aspect of this. When um, someone has to kind of 
go through time in order to fix things. So it could be a combination between the two. And Peggy Sue actually comes from the film Peggy Sue Got Married. Um, and that is where um, it's kind of what they call a fix fic, fix fiction, um, where they take the knowledge they have from the present, and in her case it would be from the past, I guess, <laughs> and bring it to wherever she goes, she travels to in order to fix whatever is happening. The, t- the time in which she goes back to. Right, exactly. And she, where she's going is the future. So um, she's taking the knowledge from 1988 and she's bringing it to our present. And that may, what may have happened is something having to do with Pauline and Lyle and Big Jim and all that. And she's bringing it to now. Um, and that may have had something to do with the death of Angie. It may have something to do with all the predictions that um, Pauline was making. It may have something to do with the death of Pauline. It may, you know, all that stuff. So she may have information that will fix whatever's going on. So I'm thinking it's a combination between the two. But again, that's just my thoughts on the matter. Um, I, I have no insight into whether those are true or not so it's It's not technically a spoiler no not at all they're just my predictions so i i you know i don't have any um any uh knowledge of what is going to happen those are just my i don't know your little thoughts and if you've got some ideas out there we want to hear them. Uh, send your letters to the editor to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. And speaking of which, we're going to get to those right now. All righty. We got uh, a little note from Phoenix. He went to the web page and he wrote kind of he kind of stumbled across this. He said, watching the Dome weekly and so devoted to it. Link for the for Extent brought me here. Golden Spiral Media is doing a podcast about Extent. If you're watching that, you, you really need to uh, keep up with that podcast. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, Link for Extent brought me here. Show is unbelievably good. Now, I was wondering, Phoenix, when you said the show is unbelievably good, you were talking about <laughs> Extent because that's the link that brought you here, or Under the Dome is unbelievably good, or the Chester's Mill Gazette is unbelievably good. I'm, <laughs> or their podcast. Or yeah. oh, there you go. I, I'm I'm inclined to believe uh, you know ours is pretty good. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for writing. You know, I have to say I watched the pilot to Extant, and um, I think I like Golden Spiral Media's podcast about it better than the show. <laughs> 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 got to be careful if you, if you make a podcast better than the show, you know, then then you've got to, you know, you've really got to bring it every week. I know. <laughs> I'm hoping they do because it's the only way I'm going to get through that show. I think. <laughs> uh, Barb tweeted me during the show, during uh, the uh, Under the Dome episode, because I occasionally will toss out with the uh, hashtag UTD Gazette, one Z, two T's. And I'll just say, here's a potential Barbie of the week, you know, as I see things happen on the screen. And she uh, said, what about bloodthirsty Barbie? And I thought, well, it doesn't really fit him. But I understand the, uh, the, I like the pun. I do like that. Blood, mm-hmm. because of the rain, is red. And thirsty, because it's rain. But uh, I, I, it's a great pun. I love that. But I wasn't quite ready to give him that designation. But uh, I like the, uh, I like the idea. 
Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice moniker and a, a good pun for you know the blood <laughs> falling and bloodthirsty. Nice. All right, and Barb gave us uh, uh, more feedback right under the wire about eight minutes before we were uh, before the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Go ahead and give us a uh, give us that. Sure. Uh, she wrote. This is Barb, your political cartoon lampoonist. Oh, and remember, when you write to us, let us know what your uh, you know what newspaper your... job is going to be. Correct. Submitting my Chester's Mill report. <laughs> Sorry, but my comments must be quick and brief this week because it's about to storm here. Could be a bloody mess. Ha <laughs> ha. Thank you. <laughs> Creepy Lake Chick is now confirmed dead. Well, we don't know that. Dun dun dun. But she's alive, risen from the dead, and her handprint is a match for Angie's bloody locker one. Hmm. I kind of noticed that, but I didn't lock onto it like Barb did. No, I, that, so. that was that was a, a unique. I mean, I remember the scene as well. But it's like, wait a minute, and and somebody had mentioned on the Under the Dome uh, fan group on Facebook, "Hey, there's no there's no fourth hand anymore. Angie's dead." Well, wait a minute now. Mm-hmm. But you could Some- have. Melanie. It looks like we might have fourth hand again. So good catch, Barb. And I also like the whole risen from the dead thing because that's you know playing into the whole all these religious undertones here, um, right? And uh, so that's a that's a great little uh, catch as well. And that's a good religious overtone. Mm-hmm. So yay, right? Um, so is she now the dome chosen one? Why does the dome care about an old apparent murder? Well, again, we don't know it was a murder, but. Um, after all the killing it has allowed to date, including Angie. And that would be a good question. I yeah, think. there was Julia has said this before. No, the dome, you know, in the first episode where she saved Big Jim from hanging himself, the dome is wanting us to stop the killing. You right. Know, there's a lot of killing still going on and a lot yeah. of, a lot of uh, pain and suffering uh, from the dome itself. So, yeah. I don't think assumptions should be made in any case. Do not <laughs> For <assume>. anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, next point, Barbie and Julia continue to squabble like an old and unhappily married couple. Mm-hmm. We apparently have a new preacher wannabe in Chester's Mill, but I think we need a marriage counselor instead. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Julia wasn't as passionate about either Barbie or her ex-husband as she was about believing in the dome. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'll be the marriage counselor. And my advice is, Barbie, leave her. Yeah, time to move out. Speaking of the dome, Dr. Science saved the day with her plan to change the rain. Although I laughed. Dr. Science. Dr. Science, I know. (laughs) Although I laughed out loud when she talked about all the things that had poisoned the lake, including red algae, blooming pesticides, and the fires. Um, Did she forget she started one of those fires? And now she wants to thin the herd. She's going to make Big Jim look good this year. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. She She is unstable. I honestly, I think she's the big bad. I mean, yeah, she could really be. Uh, like I said, she's the number two behind Big Jim, but she could be the puppet master. Exactly. I, I do think that she could be the the thing that breaks that breaks the town apart this year. Um, she has that potential, at least in, in my opinion. Um, so the plot lines. This is her next point. The plot lines, and I hesitate to call them that, <laughs> seem more like trope of the every 10 minutes segment. And 
I'm guessing she means rather than the trope of the week. <laughs> um, I want to see those re reeled in. It feels like I'm chasing butterflies. Haha, <laughs> with a small strainer. Barb, I love your comments. Um, they're all over the place and you can't catch them. Hope the writers can pull out their mops and clean up this bloody mess. That's oh. it, folks. I need to find my umbrella. She is not pulling yeah. any punches. Yeah. I, you know, I do tend to agree with her. There's a lot of loose threads in these episodes. Um, if they could just pull the threads together and tighten them up a little bit, I think it would be cleaner. Um, it would be nice to get a few answers to some of the questions. A lot of good questions. I, I, and that's and that's the tropes aside. I'm uh, I'm still you know invested in the story. I really like uh, the potential that it has. They have done a few answers in terms of you know well. I was going to say we know that Pauline's alive, but we there was no question about whether she was alive or dead. It was just she was she was dead, and now all of a sudden we've added the question. So we've added some new information. I don't like that. They're 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 doing they're doing some of that uh, to keep you interested. Um, right. And I, so like I said, I'm still invested in the in the in the plot. So, oh yes, so, it's good. I yeah. like the plot line. I just I wish that they would close up some threads before they open up others. Um, cause I just think they're opening, opening, opening and like maybe try and at least narrow some down before they open more. Got a lot of, you know, juggling a lot of balls in the air. Exactly. Um, but you know, I I'm going to watch where it goes. I'm not going to judge. Um, and I also want to mention that, um, Monday night I got to actually live tweet this episode and I live tweet, along with a guy I live tweeted with last year. Uh, his name is Kyle Trembley and he is at Kyle loves TV. So if you follow me at Elevaria and him, Kyle loves TV, we were, and I don't want to toot my own horn, but we were pretty funny <laughs> on Monday. We joke around about stuff and we can be pretty snarky sometimes, but uh, it's all in good fun. And, uh, we both had some interesting points about the episode and every once in a while we'll treat tweet with, if there's a, a star of the show that's also live tweeting, we'll tweet with them as well. And, and um, it was, it was a really good time Monday night. So um, I got some tweets from him, but nothing in particular that I want to mention. It was just really a lot of fun. And um, it, it if you guys are interested and you're watching live and you're on Twitter, um, you know, you should keep an eye on our Twitter feeds because uh, it's usually kind of funny. That'll so. be cool. Yep. Well, if you want to get your feedback to us and heard on the show, speaking of Twitter, I am at Doug Payton, P-A-Y-T-O-N. She is Alaveria, A-L-E-V-E-R-I-A. And when I tweet about this, it's the hashtag UTD Gazette, one Z, two Ts. Yep. And the phone number is, I don't have any, I didn't look up any fancy uh, words for it this week. I'm sorry. 304-837-2278. Or the best place to go is goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. You can type in your, your text, which uh, Barb did, and Phoenix. You can upload an audio file. You can record it right there with the SpeakPipe widget. Uh, and you can become a fan of Golden Spiral Media on Facebook. If you post there, we will see that as well. So that's how you keep in touch. That's right. All righty. Now, for those of you who don't want spoilers, this is the time we say goodbye. Have a good time. We'll see you next week. But for now, here is the weather forecast. What's coming up?
next week. All right. And Hit it. All right. Next week, we have episode four. It is titled Revelation. And the description is Big Jim and Rebecca take extreme measures to extend resources in Chester's Mill on Under the Dome, Monday, July 21st. I, dun, like, dun, dun. I like the name of that episode. Revelation, yes, yeah. we might actually get some answers here. Now, it could mean Revelations. Always in, in the, the book of Revelation. Book of ah, Revelations. Yeah. It could also mean Revelation as in we get um, an answer to something. It could mean all kinds of things. So, I mean... Hmm, who yeah, knows? Okay, I got a point there. So um, we get a little extended description from the CBS website. as And this is the press website. So oh. As conditions in Chester's Mill worsen, Big Jim and Rebecca consider resorting to the extreme measure of population control, hmm. which drives a wedge between Barbie and Julia. Meanwhile, clues to Melanie's past and her connection to the dome are revealed on Under the Dome. Monday, July 21st, 10 to 11 p.m. Eastern and, and Pacific. Pacific time. And, of course, that would be 9 to 10 p.m. Central time. On the CBS television network, Dwight Yoakam returns as Lyle, the town barber. Well, I'm glad he's coming back. I yep, love, maybe he'll sing I, this for is us. it, though, right? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. He doesn't. Uh, he's not looking too good with that acid face. Yeah, I think he's only there for two episodes, but I'm not sure. So... Alrighty. So that's what we have to look forward to next week. Cool. Uh, I saw something on the Star News Online website. It's from Wilmington, North Carolina. It's where Under the Dome is filmed. Not Hollywood, not the, some of these big places, Vancouver, you know, Wilmington, North mm-hmm. Carolina. Wilmington's trying to really be a uh, a film capital yep. of the uh, East Coast. Now, you know where Chester's Mill is, though, right? Well, it's supposedly in Maine, correct? Right. That's that's a not exactly the same area yeah, of, close. of the United States. It's a, it's, close. A, it's a generic small town. Okay. It's on the East Coast. Well, anyway, somebody asked three of the cast members, what piece of advice would you give your character before the dome came down? Now, we've put this here. Uh, some of these are very generic answers, but uh, there's a little bit of uh, foreshadowing, and uh, some of these answers are given knowing what's coming up. So that's why we're back here and, uh, and answering this. So Colin Ford plays Joe McAllister. His advice to himself, to his character, would be stock up. He said, I would probably tell him just to get more supplies. Be prepared. I don't think the dome could have been prevented. So I think preparing would be the best thing. And then, okay, McK- that's... yeah, that makes sense. Mm. It's, a, it's the Boy Scout thing. Right. Um, Mackenzie Lentz, who plays uh, Nori, she said, uh, I don't think in that situation uh, she would have taken advice because uh, before the Dome, because she was a very guarded teenage girl on her way to teenage girl boot camp. Uh, Then she said, I think all the advice that she needed has come from the Dome and Joe and her mom. She got all of the advice she needed from them and maybe even the reality check she needed from the Dome. It has transformed her into the person I think she has always been somewhere deep inside. Uh, The worst non-answer. Well, but I think this kind of alludes to what I was saying in our uh, preseason episode, that I think the character of Nori has had the best character development. I agree. Uh, And and I think that's kind of really what she's talking about there. Not, not Not too much about the future. Yes, this is all stuff we've all seen, and but I think this is, um, you know, alluding to that, that she really has 
kind of changed a bit of her um, her outlook on life. Uh, Most of her outlook, I would say. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. But th- it's not answering the question, though. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. She, she, she's, she's got all the advice she needs. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the third person they asked, and this is interesting. This is when we, uh, you, you, this is the the spoilery part. Carla Chrome was asked, and she plays Rebecca. And she said, Dr. Science. Dr. Science. (laughs) As Bev calls her, which is great. (laughs) I love it. Barb. Oh, Barb. Sorry. I would tell her to question her unrelenting faith in science, she said. Uh, Said Chrome, who noted viewers will understand why as the season goes on. Hmm. So there's probably going to be, I think she's probably going to get her comeuppance here where, you know, she's, we've noted that she's very, uh, jump into it doesn't think about what she's doing she just does it now and so see, I, I would question that sentence uh, does she really have unrelenting faith in science at this point well that's a good point i i think she i think she does i think she's just using it as a um uh what is it J- to get her way you know look, look this is the science of it i know what i'm doing let me do it kind of thing Yeah, I just, I wonder if that's a completely true statement. I think she thinks she has unrelenting faith in science, but I don't think she really does. Hmm. But, you know, that's just me. I don't know. I think she has an unrelenting faith in Big Jim. Well, that's true, too. So. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Alrighty, folks. Well, you know what? I think we are done with this this issue of the Chester's Mill Gazette. I think so too. Yeah. Ooh. Well, thanks for reading this issue. I am Doug, and I'm going to do my own shaving. Thank you very much. I don't blame you. And I'm Karen, and I'm feeling kind of tan new me. <laughs> Chester's Mill Gazette is presented by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com.